श्री गौरि वैष्णव गुरु परंपरा की जाए हरि नाम प्रभु की जाए गौ भक्तवृंद की जाए गौ प्रेमानंदे इवनिंग नाइस टू बी विद यू अगेन एंड सो इन अकॉर्डेंस विद आवर स्केड्यूल ऑफ इवेंट्स दिस इवनिंग वी ओपन द द फ्लोर फॉर एनी क्वेश्चंस Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, in the we were talking about anadi karma, and uh, in the in the fall theory, it's easy in a sense to say how we learn. Because in the fall theory, we say that, like Socrates, for example, that by questioning someone, we can get to what he already has, she has. So we could say that in the fall theory, uh, we could somehow get into someone's inner self to see his, for example, sorrow and how he <coughs> is or she is in relationship with Krishna, for example. But if we look at anadi karma, uh, then there is, as you said, there is some ananda in the in, in, in jiva. But since jiva emanates from Mahavishnu, that The question is: There is this free knowledge about Swarupa in this sense, about you know, in the sense of choosing uh, the proper, let's say, the, the relationship that fits us in a uh, due course of, of uh, one's spiritual progress. So my question is because I heard from from one side that, for example, if we are about to enter the Raga Bhakti and be about, let's say, to choose uh, or feel. What our relationship with Krishna is—is—is is, is it that? I mean, how? How? We, what do we base this selection on? Is, for example, on our current life and our predisposition in this current life that we are in, and the fact that we are purified, uh, or is there like inner um, kind of I don't know code that we uncode later on uh, when we are purified? Inner, inner what? A kind of code uh, or. That says that okay, I'm in a in a relationship with Krishna in such a way, or is it? As you often say that it's the ingress of Svarupa Shakti. That it's nothing. It's it, it seems that it's not our pre-knowledge. It's something that we get. Uh-huh. Um, so, what, how, what's, what's the solution to this? Uh, was, there, was the answer? So I say knowledge. It's ever been from Krishna or. Czy ten związek, który wybrałem z Krishna, na jakiej podstawie my, go, my, my go podejmujemy 
tą decyzję na podstawie naszego obecnego życia, czy tego już zaawansowanego Braga Bhakti, czy to jest jakaś wiedza, która w jakiejś postaci tego nierozwiązanego kodu gdzieś tkwi w sercu? Well, I hate to say this, but I'm not sure if I understand your question. <laughs> but uh, there are some some themes in there that I'm familiar with, and um, so I'll talk about it, uh, and hopefully in, in a way that will address your question. Um, the, the first thing I'd like to make clear is that there should not be any any doubt that the source, if you will, of the uh, materially uh, conditioned living beings is uh, Mahavishnu. Does anybody have any doubt about that? To help you with that, in case you do, it is stated everywhere throughout all the scriptures again and again and again. It is mentioned in Bhagavad Gita in the 14th chapter, Ambija Pratapita. Krishna is speaking there, but he's speaking in the capacity of the Mahavishnu who figuratively, if you will, plants the seed of the jivas in the womb of material nature, giving birth to the world cycle. Hmm? You must be familiar with that section. Um, it's uh, clearly explained in Brahma Samhita ahead. We are discussing the Brahma Samhita. Um, I don't know if we'll get that far, but it's clearly explained there as well. Hmm? Um, it's explained uh, throughout the Bhagavatam, in the Upanishads. Hmm? The one becomes many, saikshita, glancing over material nature, and so on and so forth. I'm sure. Some of you have read some of these statements uh, before. <clears throat> the one becomes many and the world order ensues, follows, so forth. So that one is Mahavishnu. Hmm? He has a realm, if you will, of jurisdiction. And... Um, <coughs> um, there are souls that are involved in that realm. Now, while we say that our source is Mahavishnu, we also say that Mahavishnu's source is Narayan, whose source is Krishna, and so on and so forth. Um, and while it's true the word source perhaps brings to mind the idea of a beginning and uh, and time and so forth. But um, uh, this is not accurate. 
there is a, a problem when we try to speak about things that transcend reason and language and we have only at our disposal reason and language um, to do so. So, Vishnu, Krishna is the source of everything. Anadir, Adir, Govinda, Sarva, Karna, Karna. But Mahavishnu always exists. He is as Anadi as Krishna is. Anadi, Radi, Govinda. And not only is Mahavishnu uh, ever existing with no beginning, but so are all the jivas, all the tatasta shakti. There's no beginning. The idea is that God exists without any beginning. And God includes his shaktis. And God includes his, his uh, avatars, expansions, and so forth. If we want to speak of Krishna as the source of all these, um, there's different ways in which we could think about that. One of which is, for example, in relation to the avatars, that all that any particular avatar of Krishna is is about is also found within Krishna and more. But my point overall here at first is that there's no source to any of ourselves, to uh, to God, to any of his incarnations, to his shaktis in, the ter- in terms of time, a beginning in time. Hmm? or beginning so-called outside of time. Hmm? There are apparent beginnings within time when that which is beyond time appears within time, like the descent of Krishna into the world. So we can date that and so forth. But of course we know that's not the beginning of Krishna. Krishna has no beginning. Hmm? So the same is true for ourselves. We have uh, no, no beginning, but we have a source in another sense, that is Mahavishnu. And therefore, his manifesting the world cycles and the souls that are a necessary part of that is called the Leela. It's called play. He's playing that there is a beginning. Hmm. So, from the point of view of kind of a Shristi Leela Bhav, hmm, there's a beginning, hmm, there's an end, hmm, and so forth. But from the point of view of Tattva, we know, there's no beginning to the Jeev Shakti or any individual Jiva. Hmm? neither the perpetual world cycles. World cycles do come and go. They have a beginning and end. This is the Leela, the Shristi Leela, the play. Hmm? But in an overarching sense, the material world has no beginning. Hmm? 
There's no beginning to the world cycles, and there's no end to the world cycles, and there's no meaning to the world without jivas, jiva-shakti and maya-shakti. You can't have a material world without jivas, right? And the interaction between the jivas, jiva-shakti and the maya-shakti that makes the world, we have a name for that. What do we call it? Well, yeah, Raghupath said samsara, but I'm looking for another word. Avidya, we're looking for another one still, but the word is karma. In other words, the interaction between the material nature and the jivas, that is karma, action and reaction and so forth. So you can't have a material world without karma. You can't have a material world without jivas. Hmm? And the material world has no, no beginning. It's compared to the breathing of Anadi Vishnu. So Vishnu has no beginning. He's Anadi. The world cycles are his breathing. We don't think that someone who exists forever at one point in time was not breathing. Hmm? So the world cycles have no beginning. Hmm? Well, karma has no beginning. Hmm? And at the same time, the world being the, the play of, of Vishnu, he being the source of the world, he is our source in the context of the Srishti Leela. We begin with this outgoing breath and we come to an end and rest within him. When we rest within him, the karma is still there from the previous cycle. It just is dormant, suspended, and then it will awaken again and come out and so forth. Hmm? So this is our situation. There's no creation like we have in Christianity, creation out of nothing. Hmm? There's no making of souls or... uh, It's all... Always been there. Hmm? The um, example in nature that is uh, brought up is is the seed and the tree. This is considered, according to Nyaya, to be a harmless example of infinite regress, as opposed to a vicious example of infinite regress. That's another subject, but uh, a related subject. But the seed and the tree, the ideas which came first, the seed or the tree. Or in Western culture, they say the, the chicken or the egg, which came first. It's kind of a Zen kind of con. And uh, the answer is uh, neither one came first. So, because there's no beginning. So, we find ourselves in this situation with the help of Shastra. And um, we also find in Shastra that, that Vishnu appears within the world and distributes bhakti. 
Hmm? And so there are devotees in the world. There have always been, there will always be devotees in different stages of, of uh, spiritual progress. Hmm? And these devotees, they pass on bhakti to others, which is the beginning then of the end of those uh, entities' uh, karma. Hmm? Bhakti has the power to eradicate karma, karma that hasn't manifest yet and karma that is presently manifest as well. So karma being a product of ignorance, bhakti has the power to uproot ignorance hmm, and thereby eradicate karma and free us from this cycle of samsara. Hmm. And so that bhakti is constituted of, an, of another shakti, of a third shakti. We have the maya shakti, the jiva shakti, and now we have a third shakti. We call that the um, swarup shakti. Maya shakti is one and different from God, but mostly different. Hmm? Swarup shakti is one and different from God, but mostly one. Tatasa Shakti is one and different. It can function equally on either side, under the influence of the Maya Shakti or under the influence of the Sarup Shakti. Although when it functions under the influence of the Sarup Shakti, it's more at home because the Sarup Shakti, like itself, is constituted of consciousness. When we function under the influence of the Maya Shakti, it's like we are encased in Maya Shakti. Like if you were to take a jewel and put it in a box. Well, that's not a good example. The jewel and the box are both two of the same of the same stuff. But anyway, the jewel shines and the box doesn't. So you, uh, the jewel is different from the box. Hmm? Let's say you take let's say you take a light and you put it inside of a a box so that the light can't shine outside. So you cover the light. The light's still shining, but it's covered by the box. The two are separate from one another, but the box has some some covering capacity. Now, if you take the light out of the box. And you take and put it in the sun. Then the two, both of them, are light. So the that which the light has inherent in itself shines and is not covered and is more, we could say, at home. So. While we're encased, in a sense, by the Maya Shakti, when we come under the influence of the Sarup Shakti, that Bhakti is constituted of, Bhakti is the essence of the Sarup Shakti, a combination of the Ladini and Sambit Shakti, that are two of the elements of 
that make up the Surup Shakti. When we come under that influence, rather than being encased by it, it makes kind of an ingress into us because these are now two subjective things mixing. The material world is objective, inanimate. Hmm? It has no experience. We are a subjective ontology, uh, ontological reality, and we have, are full of experience. Hmm? We are an ex experiencer. So the mixing, if you will, of the Jeev Shakti and the Sarup Shakti is the mixing of two, two uh, uh, consciousness uh, Shaktis. Hmm? So rather than being encased by something different than oneself altogether, there's a mixing with something that is of a, of a similar, similar nature. Hmm? Uh, that kind of mixing is like, like the mixing between two people who fall in love. Hmm? When you fall in love, do you become a different person? Yes and no. You can say, I knew Krishna Das. Hmm? Now Krishna Das is with Radha Dasi. Hmm? Now Krishna Das is completely different. It's still Krishna Das. <laughs> so in that sense, he's the same. He's not a different person, but he's different. Hmm? What's the difference in Krishna Das? There seems to be more to him now. Hmm? He seems to be more confident. Hmm? And, uh, and other things too, uh, <laughs> perhaps. But anyway, he's, he has, has become the more, if you will, that he had the potential to be in connection with a significant other. Hmm? Something like that. Hmm? So, in Bhakti, Bhagwan shares his Swarup Shakti hmm? that Bhakti is constituted of through his devotees with those who are not yet devotees. Hmm? When they give you Bhakti, they are giving you the Swarup Shakti hmm? from the beginning. Hmm? Hmm? All this uh, Nam Kirtan, this is all Bhakti. Hmm? So when we come through the grace of a devotee in touch with Bhakti, we're coming in touch with the Surup Shakti. Surup Shakti is making an ingress into our lives and we have an opportunity to be, if you will, what we could not have been other, otherwise, but what we have the potential to be, nonetheless, as opposed to, for example, matter. 
the objective world. It does not have the potential. Hmm? We're not expecting the uh, uh, this chair, this 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 table, to become a devotee. Hmm? Right. But we expect all the the the, the atmas hmm? units of consciousness affected by bhakti to become devotees. So Maya Shakti doesn't have the potential hmm? to love. Hmm? But Jiva Shakti does. Hmm? So this mixing, if you will, of the Jiva Shakti with the Sarup Shakti, it's not the kind of mixing that we have with the material world that is sometimes described as not a mixing at all. They never mix. Sometimes the example is given of oil on top of the water. You can separate the oil from the water. Hmm? It doesn't uh, mix. Hmm? Although they may flow together. So we're flowing along with the material energy under its influence, but we are never, our constitution is never changed by it. Hmm? Um, never really mixes with it. But with the Sarup Shakti then, we have this kind of mixing like two people in love. Hmm? Indeed, it is Krishna expressing his love for the jivas, or his love for his devotees, who's, who's, who, have, who have experience of suffering in the material world and therefore show compassion to others by way of sharing bhakti with them. Hmm? So our swarup or our... The, the, the swarup can be, the word can be used in two ways. One is, what is the swarup of the jiva? In other words, what is the nature of the jiva? If we could separate the jiva from the influence of maya shakti, and if we could separate the jiva from the influence of the sarup shakti, what would it be? What would it have? What would it be constituted of? Sometimes, when speaking about that, we use the word swarup, the nature of the, of the atma, the jivatma. But sometimes we use the word swarup in another way to refer to the nature of the jiva who has become perfected in terms of its potential under the influence of bhakti. And that swarup constitutes an identity in relation with Krishna, like a friend of Krishna, like a lover of Krishna. Hmm? And that identity is, is the basis of on which we participate in the in the lila. Hmm? So the question seems to be about the that idea of the swarup of the jiva, and it touches on the other idea of the swarup of the jiva also, because it asks. Is the swarup, that's the one's identity in Krishna Lila, is it inside of the the jiva? Is it part of the swarup 
in the other sense of the jiva? Hmm? Well, obviously the answer is no to that because the swarup that forms our identity with Krishna is the influence of bhakti. Hmm? It's constituted of Krishna's swarup shakti. Hmm? So nowhere is it uh, taught that the jiva is constituted of swarup shakti hmm? because it is the jiva shakti. Hmm? Now, swarup shakti itself is constituted of being, uh, knowing, and loving. We call it sandini, sambit, ladini. Hmm? Um, these words mean eternity, knowledge, and bliss in a kind of a big sense. Hmm? And by a big sense, I mean that this Swarup Shakti, its bliss, its Hladini, has the power to dispel the influence of Maya Shakti. Maya Shakti cannot stand in its presence, on the one hand, and on the other hand, it has the power to overwhelm Krishna. Indeed, Krishna means God overwhelmed by his Swarup Shakti. Therefore, we say that that bhakti, that the Swarup, that is constituted Swarup Shakti, is one with Krishna. Different too, but more one than different. There is no Krishna without that Swarup Shakti. There is no Swayam Bhagavan without uh, uh, Radha. who personifies the Sarup Shakti, Bhakti Devi she is. Hmm? So, meanwhile, the jiva, as Guru Vakya pointed out, is Satchitananda. But the Ananda in the jiva does not have the power to dispel the influence of Maya because we see we are under the influence of Maya Shakti. The lights are out, or at least they're covered over. Hmm? And certainly then it doesn't have the power to overwhelm Krishna. Again, the Sarup Shakti has the power to do both. Dispel the influence of Maya and overwhelm Krishna. Therefore, despite the fact that the jiva is a unit of, of being, knowing, and loving, its being, knowing, and loving are, are not independent like that of Krishna and his Swarup Shakti. They're derived. Um, if we were to compare the ananda of the sarup shakti to the sun, hmm, then the ananda of the jiva would be like heat. Hmm? 
So at close examination, we find that the jiva is quantitatively different than Bhagwan and qualitatively a little different from the Sarup Shakti and Bhagwan also. Hmm? So it needs some help hmm? to overcome Maya. Therefore, the Shastra says everywhere in order to transcend the influence of the Maya Shakti, one needs Bhakti. Whether one wants to enter into Brahman, whether one wants to enter into uh, the Paramatman, whether one wants to contemplate the Paramatma Narayan eternally in Vaikuntha, whether one wants to go to Golok Vrindavan. Hmm? One needs influence of Bhakti. And the greater the influence of Bhakti, hmm, the closer we come to the Vrindavan Leela that is so saturated with Bhakti that Bhagwan has uh, forgotten the thing that we emphasize over and over again, that Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. The Supreme Personality of Godhead has forgotten his own basic teaching hmm, to all of us that we might know him. Hmm? And all we can do is shake our head and say, such is the power of Bhakti. Very extraordinary. Hmm? So, in order for us to have experience our potential to love fully hmm, in relation to Krishna with a swarup, a beautiful form and identity and so forth, we need the ingress of bhakti in our lives. Now, at the same time, Bhakti comes into our life not in an arbitrary way. Although we say it is by luck, by good fortune. Hmm? As I was mentioning the other day, the meaning of good fortune, the meaning of luck in this context is sadhu sangha. And the reason it's, it's, uh, it's described as such is because the sadhu is not moving under the law of karma, of cause and effect. Hmm? Hmm? But moving freely in the world. But nonetheless, under the influence of the sarup shakti, hmm? so under Bhagwan's influence, under the influence of bhakti, hmm? and by God's arrangement, as we cited this morning, Guru Krishna Prasade Bhai Bhakti Latabij. By God's arrangement, we get the Guru. By the Guru's arrangement, we get God. So God has arranged our connection with our with our Guru Parampara hmm? and our Guru. So we cannot say that He does not have in mind some idea of how He would like to accept service from us eternally in his Leela. Hmm? Because he has arranged for a, a sadhu to come into our lives whose 
under the Gaudiya influence, the Vrindavan influence, hmm? the, in Gaudiya Vaishnavism, the Braj Bhakti influence. And of course, there are divisions within that, Sakya, Madhurya, and so on. Hmm? Therefore, Rupa Goswami says that the bhava that we develop, that our swarup is constituted of, will be a result of association. Association means with sadhus, which may come over lifetimes. Hmm? Therefore, we see sometimes disciples will develop a different sentiment for Krishna than the guru. Hmm? Cannot trace out all the influences. Hmm? But we can reason that the Godhead is orchestrating those influences. So there's some scope for looking at our swarup in relation to Krishna as a destiny. Hmm? That is, uh, uh, I would say, preordained, pre predestined. Hmm? It's mentioned in the Priti Sandarbha that there are innumerable sarups in the in in the uh, Paravyom in the spiritual world, hmm? and the language there appears to say that they're somehow inactive or dormant. Hmm. So, waiting to be activated, something like that. Hmm. If uh, uh, Bhaktivinoda Thakur, our leader in our family of Bhaktivinoda, as Prabhupada used to call his mission, and Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasri Thakur used to refer to us as the Bhakti Vinod Paribar. He says that as the, as the uh, devotee begins to develop a taste for bhakti, ruchi for bhakti, hmm, that uh, some desires will start to manifest in, in his or her heart for, for pleasing Krishna in a particular way, for attaining Krishna in a particular way. Hmm? Uh, uh, favorable feelings towards Krishna. This is the point at which the theological person of Krishna, as I said before, starts to become a real person in in his or her life. Hmm? Bhaktivinoda Thakur explains, at that time there may be some consultation with the guru. Hmm? I'm starting to feel in this way attracted to Krishna in this way, and then the guru will will help us to step into that uh, budding sense of identity. Let's say you come to a, a clothes store. Let's say, let's say you are a beggar, but you, you win the lottery. Hmm? And so they have you on the television, and they're going to put you on the television. And this is the beggar, and he won the lottery. We're going to put him on. But they look at him and they say, "We got to dress him up. 
here in order to be on the television. Hmm? He's going on the big screen now. Hmm? So send him to the tailor. And so then he goes to the shop and the tailor says, I think maybe you try this on. What do you, how does it feel? I'm not sure, a little tight. Oh, let's try this. How about this color? Yeah, maybe a little light. Okay, let's try that. Huh? That feel that looks good. You look, take a look. Look at yourself. Hmm? Now your shoes. Hmm? Now let's try try this. Try. And so this way, <laughs> it's the fitting room. Ruchi is the fitting room. Hmm? Hmm? So getting outfitted for <laughs> for for for. Uh, a, a, a relationship with the object of your love. Hmm? You're loving to love now. What has been the medicine has become the food in your life. Hmm? The chanting of the holy name. Hmm? You have strong taste for that. And some, some budding affinity for the object of your love. And we move into asakti, attachment to the object of love. Hmm? And Bhava Bhakti in this identity is active and so forth. So, it appears that there is some choosing hmm, on the part of the jiva. One feels like, I want to do like this. Hmm. But whether there's a background to that wanting hmm, that was known hmm, and destined, that we can conjecture about as, as I have. Hmm. In the Goswami literature, there's nothing definitive about this. Therefore, it's an ongoing kind of discussion, so to speak. Hmm? Um, but we find evidence, as I'm uh, giving supporting evidence, for the idea that that there is there is a there is a, a fate, a destiny to associate with Krishna in a particular way. Hmm? But it plays itself out in experience, as if it is a choice. And as far as we can see, it appears to be a result of association. Hmm? So all elements are there. There's the choice. There's, it's, it's because of choice. It's become of, because of association. It's because in the mind of Bhagawan, he has some idea how he would like to accept service from us. Hmm? And so... When we step into our swarup, so to speak, hmm, we should understand it's not like stepping into a material body that's a very uncomfortable fit hmm, and just doesn't quite work, hmm, no matter how you uh, tweak it. Hmm. It's artificial and you feel something lacking, no matter how much you add to it. When you step into your swarup, you are stepping deeper into what you are about. You are about sat, chit, ananda. You are about enduring being. You are a, 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 a unit of, of, of knowledge, which means that you are, are luminous, hmm? self-luminating. Hmm? And you are, a, 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 you are actually lovable. 
Hmm? As we said the other day, it's not things we love, it's the self that we love that projects itself into things. Hmm? So the, 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 just like Krishna is an object of love, the jiva is an object of love. And why the jiva is an object of love, why the jiva is lovable is because the jiva is part and parcel of Krishna, who is supremely, supremely lovable. So when we meet with Krishna, when we uh, have union by the blessing of the Swarup Shakti, hmm? then this is not an artificial imposition, but this is being all that uh, uh, we can be, so to speak. Hmm? In Chaitanya Charitamrita, our wealth of our relationship with Krishna in Prem has been compared to an inheritance. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu t told Sanatana Goswami that uh, it is as if you were an orphan and very poor, but you met an astrologer, the guru, and the guru said, actually, you're very rich. Hmm? Go in this direction, hmm? the direction of bhakti, and here you will find your wealth. So if we could imagine an orphan who is actually the heir to a great fortune but didn't know about it, hmm? our position is something like that. Hmm? We have... And the guru is the person who comes and tells you, you've got an inheritance. Now, here's what you have to do to get it. You have to qualify yourself in this way by being humble and chanting the name and so forth. And in due course of time, uh, uh, that inheritance will be um, available to you. Then you'll be all that you, you are, in, again, in potential. Hmm? Something like that. So it's not an artificial uh, imposition. At the same time, it is entirely a blessing. Hmm? Without the blessing of bhakti, uh, we would not even be able to uh, become free from the influence of maya shakti. Or to speak of overwhelm Krishna, which in the braj bhakti is what uh, the, the whole Leela is about. Hmm? He who is the source of everything becomes the, 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 uh, the, the child of Yashoda. Hmm? That is the power of, of bhakti. Hmm? Does that help? Yeah, okay, so that's a pretty comprehensive answer. It's, now I know you have a question, but your question might be on a different subject. No. Same subject. I have two questions, but I think I'm going to ask the second one on the same subject. Okay, because right now I want to take questions on the same subject. Yeah, so, okay. Go ahead. Okay. You have always had a choice. You are a unit of choosing capacity. That's what you are. Hmm? Now, you have also always been under the influence of karma. 
Karma requires choosing. Hmm? It's action, if you will, which implies some kind of volition, hmm? choice, and it's the reaction. Hmm? So jiva has no beginning, right? So it's a unit that has that is an agent to some extent. An agent means it has will. Hmm? So it must always be choosing because it's always existing and it's a unit of choosing capacity. So it's always exercising its will, the jiva. There's no beginning to its exercise of its will. That's one point. Second point, the jiva shakti, unless under the influence of bhakti, is always from beginningless time under the influence of the sarup shakti. Bhagwan has these shaktis, two we're speaking about, jiva shakti, maya shakti. They exist. The jiva shakti and maya shakti are always in touch with one another. Why? They have to always be in touch with one another because if the jiva shakti, independently of bhakti, was not in touch with the maya shakti, hmm, then we would have a material world that had no jeeves in it. Hmm? And the, the touch between the two is, the, is karmic influence. So if the jeeve at some point had no karma, then where is it? Hmm? We've, got, we've got two choices here. We're either in the material world or we're in the spiritual world. And in the context of the material leela, we're in Mahavishnu. Hmm? This, is a, this is a situation where there's no the modes of nature are not active. It's quasi-spiritual. It's not entirely spiritual because the karmic residue is still present there. Hmm? And uh, just as you are inactive in that state, so the karma is inactive. Uh, so there can't be a time. Hmm? If, if, there's, if the material world has no beginning, then it always has to have jivas in it. And the jivas are always in touch with Maya Shakti. Hmm? And they are always choosing within Maya Shakti, one way or another, uh, and thus perpetuating their karma. But Krishna is always coming in the material world too. Whenever the material world is manifest, bhakti is also manifest in the material world. Hmm? Right? So the opportunity to, to, take, to choose bhakti is there for you. Yes? Is there is already a place like the Tashta Shakti where the Jiva no. actually originally had a choice, originally no. choose that you can no. that you know that would use this example yeah. maybe it's an example yeah. there was nothing like that. No. We come through the ba from Balaram to the Mahavishnu and this is where it begins. I mean Balaram, Mahavishnu comes from Balaram. Hmm? Hmm? Mahavishnu has a leela, Shristi leela. We're part of that. Hmm? So I know what Bhaktivinoda Thakur says. He's kind of speaking about it in a little bit of a creative way. He's speaking in a little bit of a creative way, and um, I consider it kind of a preaching strategy for especially the Western world where the question of free will is very important um, 
to uh, uh, in Christian thinking. Um, in fact, free will is, is 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 the most important element that's brought up to try to distance God from any fault with regard to suffering in the world. Hmm? So he emphasized that the jiva's will. He says, outside of time it began, but but there's no beginning outside of time. <laughs> you can't have a beginning outside of time. That's uh, contradictory. So he says, it began outside of time, which means it had no beginning. Now you can say, which came first, the karma or the choice? You can say either one. It's like saying, which came first, the seed or the tree? So if you want to say, the choice came first, hmm? you can say it, you can emphasize in that way for preaching. Hmm? Or you can go the other side for preaching in other circumstances and say the, 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 the karma came first. But the real answer is, neither one came first. Hmm? They're both concomitant, dependent upon one another, and they have no beginning. As far as the Tatasta region goes, do you have a guru? Yes. Who is your guru? Okay. Indrum Swami, Kijai. Uh, just curious. Um, some of our uh, Gaudiya Acharyas in different institutions and so forth, like Pujapad Sridhar Maharaj, uh, Bhaktivedanta Narayan Maharaj, perhaps others and so forth, myself, hmm, have pointed out that, that the, the idea of a Tatasta region that Bhaktivinoda posits is kind of a provisional way of just kind of talking about the idea. The actual fact is that the jiva is tatasta. The jiva is the, the, jiva is the border. Hmm? The jiva can go one way or the other. It can be under one influence or another influence. Hmm? It's under the influence of the maya shakti. It can come under the influence of, of the surup shakti when bhakti comes into its life. Does that help? Okay. Okay. Yes. Are we getting sure that at the moment of the creation that Mahavishnu advances in material nature, Jiva doesn't have uh, doesn't have a choice? We're definitely sure of that. And this is what, is, uh, what there's no doubt about that. No, no, we're sure. Yeah, we're sure there's no choice. We're absolutely sure. We're, we're sure there's no choice. <coughs> yeah, we're sure there's no choice. So we're sh no no choice at that point. Why? Why are we sure? Because, as you said, the jiva is in Mahavishnu, right? Then Mahavishnu glances, as we say, 
and the jiva comes out. So your question is, are we sure that when he comes out, he doesn't have a choice at that, to go one way or the other? I said, yes, I'm sure, no choice. Why do I say that? Because you have to understand what is susupti. Do you understand the word susupti? Okay, susupti means deep sleep. It's a term used to refer to our condition within Mahavishnu. When the jivas are within Mahavishnu, hmm, they are in a dormant condition, right? But their karma is also dormant, hmm? right? So they already have karma. So you're asking, when they come out of Mahavishnu, can they choose one side of the How can they choose? They already have karma. The reason they're coming out is because they have karma. That's why they're coming out. And the, and the karma is waking up. Hmm? And therefore, the, that which is what generates the world, so the world is starting again, and their role in it, which isn't finished, because they have not perfected their bhakti, hmm? their role in it brings them into the world. So there's no question of choosing. They're already un they can't choose whether they want to be under karma or not. They're already under the influence of karma in Shushupti. From the, I do every jiva. Yeah, every single one. That's right. They never have a choice to be under karma. But what? <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not right from the point of logic alone. I'm right from the point of scripture. I'm only explaining what the scripture says. And I'm explaining the logic of the scripture. I'm not giving my own logic. I'm giving the logic of the scripture. Scripture says the jivas are in susupti, they come out, they go back, they come out, they go back. When they come out, the reason they're coming out is because they have karma. That's why they're coming out. They can't choose whether to have karma or not. They already have karma. Hmm? Now, you might feel, that doesn't sound very good. I didn't get a choice in the matter or something like that. But as I mentioned, um, uh, you can't have a material world without jivas and without karma. And no jivas have a beginning. So it's not that there's some in and there's a new ones come and they, may, may, they, have, they have no beginning. So it's the nature of Bhagawan and his shaktis. Who's to blame? There's only Bhagawan and his shaktis. If we look at it from the point of view of Abed, non-difference, that we're one with God, who's to blame? God's doing what he wants. Hmm? If we look at the point of view of Bade, we're different, then we say, well, it's, it's our fault. We keep making the wrong choices. We don't choose bhakti. Whenever the world is manifest, you have the opportunity to choose bhakti. Indeed, you don't even have the opportunity to choose bhakti. You should understand that point. You have no opportunity to choose bhakti. As we explained this morning, bhakti comes to you long before you ever thought of choosing bhakti. Hmm? That we call agyata sukriti. Is there any choice? Is there, is there any choice in agyata sukriti? No. What is agyata sukriti? Let me go on. 
Agata Sakriti is Krishna's aggressive love. Hmm? Hmm? He wants to remedy the situation hmm? very badly. He comes after us. Hmm? The Mahavishnu becomes many, but there's a problem. The many are small, and the material nature is his jurisdiction. And so, while jivas are manifest in the, in the, in the, in the spiritual world, there's no problem. When Mahavishnu manifests them, well, his domain is the material world, presiding over that, so the jivas get into trouble. Because the jivas are consciousness, and Maya Shakti is, is, is achit. Hmm? So, the problem he seeks to remedy in a big way, by bringing bhakti into the world at the same time. And aggressively, an aggressive campaign. Hmm? Touching us with bhakti, even before we're interested in bhakti, that predisposes us then to, to choose bhakti, it would seem. Hmm? Can, you get away, can you get away from bhakti when bhakti comes after you? It seems, seems like no. Hmm? But there's some choosing how fast to go and, or how slow to go, uh, something like that. Okay. Yeah. That meant that's. That may have happened millions of times. Yeah, sadhakas. So, can sadhakas make the choice before hitting the material world? Hmm? Sadhakas. <laughs> we bhakti, bhakti. Bhakti, bhakti, you see, what I want to say to you is there's no time in this. <laughs> there's no time. Bhakti, and bhakti is manifest in the material world. Hmm? It's not like Vishnu glances at the material world and there's a short period in there where something else is going on. Hmm? It's, it's, it's like it's like how fast is the speed of a glance? If I look at you, there's no, there's no time. As soon as I look at you, I look at you. Hmm? There's no time. Hmm? There's only the time. It's, there's only the time of turning my head and giving the glance. Hmm? Once I give the glance, you're there. Therefore, they say he glanced at her. He was there. Hmm? Yeah. So uh, he went there hmm? by the glance. So. There's no like this time period in between for one, and if there was this in between like time that it took for his glance to get from <laughs> here to there, this is all obviously material ways of thinking about it. There's there, there's no bhakti in there, hmm? so we need association for bhakti. How do we grow in bhakti? By sadhu sangha. So there's no sadhu sangha in the glance there. It's not described. So we shouldn't add in elements and complicate this issue. Because if you unpack it, as I have, it's very, very simple. And it's very clearly talked about in the scriptures. Very clearly, it's just, it's kind of like ABC. Hmm? But 
we have certain perhaps preconceived ideas and so forth that we want to alter what the scripture says because we think it'll, it'll, it'll feel better or look better or make more sense or something like that, but that's not our what we're supposed to do. Hmm? We're supposed to accept it and stop thinking. So, go ahead, think. We have nothing to say. Yes, say that. <laughs> you say, I have nothing to say. Hare Krishna. You can say Hare Krishna. Hmm? But yes, it, it's true. I mean, uh, there is a fair amount of determinism in the world. You can't get away from that if God is omniscient. Hmm? It's very hard to get away from determinism if you have an omniscient God. That's a fact. Still, we take a compatibilist position with regard to free will and determinism. Hmm? We find that there's some compatibility between the two, determinism and free will. But the, on the free will side, it's, it's minute. And the, determinant, the deterministic factor is, looms larger. Hmm? But the, the fortunate thing about that is the determining factor is affectionate. Hmm? We described Krishna as the, as the, as the Ishwar Parama. Hmm? So he's de determining by affection, law of, of love. Yeah, we're a factor. Yeah. Right. Yep. Something. Yeah. Yes. Yes, yes. So we are not robots, automatons. No, we're jivas. We have self-awareness. We're lovable by nature. <laughs> That's pretty new agey. And... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and we are a unit of knowledge and enduring being and so forth and we're a causal factor we're a causal factor but then if we look at it from another perspective we're nothing but the Shakti of Bhagawan hmm? we cannot be a causal factor without Bhagawan saying yes to, any, to cause anything hmm? So our will is dependent at the same time upon, upon time upon his will. Of course, he does will that we take to bhakti, so if we choose, then that will be successful. Okay. Okay, there's probably a lot more, but... That's why we have Krishna. Krishna doesn't know everything. That's why we have Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Hmm? Krishna trying to know more than he knows. Hmm? Chaitanya Leela is, is Gaur Leela is a, a, a strategy to make up for the failure of Krishna Leela. Krishna Leela is a failure. 
And but Krishna's witty, so he makes a strategy to try to make up for the failures. Uh, that is what we call Gorlila. Hmm? It's like a reverse jacket. You know, you know what a reversible jacket is. On the inside, it's red and has little blue stripes. On the outside, it's blue and has little red stripes. Hmm? You understand? Gore Leela and Krishna Leela are like that. Hmm? It's the same Leela. <laughs> Gore Leela is not a different Leela from Krishna Leela. It's an extension of the same Leela. Krishna realizing the, the limitations of his own Leela. What are the limitations of his Leela? He cannot taste rasa fully, and his name is Rasaraj. The Upanishads have called him Rasa, but he finds that Radha tastes more Rasa, more bliss than him. Hmm? And so his, 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 his Leela fails he, for him. He cannot taste the full measure of love. And so he needs to extend that Leela. That is what Gore Leela is. And he does so at great risk. He risks everything for that. He is Swayam Bhagwan. And he's going to check out. What will happen to the world? What will Mal Vishnu say? Swayam Bhagavan is checked out. <laughs> hmm? what, what will happen to the yogis that are meditating on him hmm? in a particular way? Well, this is at great risk to the world, to the sadhakas. What will happen to his devotees in the Brajlila? Hmm? What will happen to him? Because he will have to forget who he was. He now wants to take the position of Radha. He has to become a sadhaka. He has to search himself out. And sometimes his godhood will surface and sometimes it will submerge. Hmm? Sometimes the fact that he's Nanda Tanuja will come to the surface and he will appear like a brilliant black blue sapphire. Then suddenly it will turn golden. Hmm? He risks, will he ever come out of that? Will he find himself? Hmm? Krishna, lost to himself, giving up his position, hmm? trying to take the position of, will he get his position back? Hmm? He made a new Leela, will it ever, <laughs> at great risk, he, he, but he, he has to take the risk. He ha, he ha, this is his nature. He has to pursue love. He goes after, and of course, his devotees, they go with him. Hmm? And they go, and they have more knowledge of who he is than he is, what he's trying to do, and they assist him in that, his eternal devotees. They make it all right. Radha goes too, and she protects him. Hmm? And he gets a little bit of experience of what is Radha's love. A little bit. Hmm? <laughs> so, yes, I agree with you. Knowing everything is boring. 
That's, that's why there is this aspect of God we call Krishna. This is when God gets tired of knowing everything. Hmm? Hmm? And um, he, he confesses some unknowing, some unsurety, uh, uncertainty. Hmm? A theistic agnosticism in which there's an unknowing that constitutes the fullest knowing. This is a very confusing teaching, no doubt. But yes, Krishna is, is beyond God. Therefore, Brahmeti, Paramatmeti, Bhagavaniti, Shabdate. Hmm? And, and that who is known as Bhagavan, that who as Bhagavan Narayan, that who is known as Paramatma by the yogis, that who is known as Brahman by the jnanis, is Krishna. Hmm? He's not Bhagavan. He's Swam Bhagavan. What does Swam Bhagavan mean? It means the original Bhagavan, but it means Swayam. When Bhagavan wants to be himself. Hmm? He doesn't want to be God anymore. Hmm? He wants to relax, something like that, with some close circle of friends. This is the more, and there's some unknowing in that. Hmm? So that's very charming, very beautiful. Hmm? And there we find Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So, I hope that helps. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think we've talked for a while. What's the time now? <coughs> Seven, we started six. Okay, so we'll stop there. We'll meet again in the morning. Go Bhakti Vrindaki Jai. Go Premanandi.